Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends Amy Radowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I wanted to remind you of our Road to a Thousand Subscribers giveaway that we have going on our YouTube channel. If you subscribe and have a public profile, you'll be entered to win a free RX Smart Gear original jump rope. You'll get to pick the pattern of the handles, the color and weight of the cable, and you'll be getting one of the best-selling, best-performing jump ropes out there. Every time we hit a new century mark with the number of subscribers to our channel, we'll randomly select a new winner. And our friend Dave Newman is going to throw in a little something extra for each winner. So a special thanks to our sponsor, RX Smart Gear to Dave Newman for being such a great partner, and to you for being a loyal listener. Good luck, and I hope you are our next winner. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. I wanted to talk to you about our new sponsor, Element 26. They are an innovative company producing lots of products around the CrossFit, Strongman, powerlifting space. They have weightlifting belts, they have knee sleeves, they have thumb tape, um, they have these cool little straps that go around the bars when you're um, trying to attach a bar to the rig and maybe using it for low bar work like pull-ups for little kids or some modifications for like um, bar muscle-ups when you're trying to teach someone to do them. And you know how you wrap those rubber bands around the rig and the J-hook to kind of keep everything straight? Well, they made straps for that. And their straps kind of like the straps you use for rings. Um, they have a really secure um, system on it and you can wrap around the bar and keep that nice and secure. I love their innovation. Their, um, their product development team is top notch and they're just coming up with really um, different ideas for our space. So check them out at element26.co. That's element26.co and tell them Kat sent you. So Matt, do you remember my co-host Amy and Kat just to make sure? I do, absolutely, 100%. How are you guys? Good. For our listeners, this is Matt O'Keefe, CrossFit legend, uh, businessman in the sport, uh, doer of all things, super cool. And so we're just going to have a laid back conversation here. Um, The first thing I want to talk about really is last season. You know, it was your first foray into the new format. First of all, what are your thoughts on the new season of CrossFit and how did Loud and Live fit into all of that? Yeah. Um, big question to answer. Uh, it, it, obviously I do like the structure. So let's, if you start there, you know, sort of the, the stage, um, the clear path to victory, right. You know, and, and it's easy for the, the fans to follow. Um, you know, uh, it's, I, I did like that. I, I, I thought that that worked really well. I, um, I'm interested, you know, I think if I'm like putting my critique hat on, cause things went really well. Um, 
overall. And I, you know, I think, you know, the real goal in the end to, to you're trying to accomplish, you know, finding who the best in the world is at this sport. So I think, you know, it still does that, which is really the, the, the top goal, right. And getting the right people there to, to compete for it. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are really attracted to that old regional model. I think it's, it's what we learned first. Um, as am I, to some extent I did, I did, I will say, I, I do love where the sanctional system was going. Um, that doesn't mean, you know, because I love that probably most that this isn't something I am, you know, proud to be a part of and like, and, and think works. Right. So the, um, I, you know, I, I would say like on, on the critique side, like, I don't know, we'll see what the quarterfinals brings over time. I don't, um, you know, in your, you know, for me, I think, you know, I work primary, I work with a lot of, you know, the top athletes in the sport. If I take my event hat off, um, you know, I, you know, I don't know that the layer is necessary to find the fittest. Um, and I, but I do understand, uh, you know, what it does for, you know, creating a storyline and getting more people involved. And there's, there's a goal um, that's more achievable for a group, a larger group. Um, you know, and I, you know, I worry about what things like that do um, to people that, you know, we represent, right? Like, I, th I think it starts to become a lot um you know i don't know i don't have all the answers either but you know and i know what crossfit's dealing with and you know and i think they're doing a you know a pretty good job of you know getting progressing right i think the the you know that being maybe more connected to the open just you know running it right i, I don't know what the answer is but that stage to me was a little bit weird and in, in surprising year one but again that could look beautiful after a couple more years you know um it could make a lot more sense i'm interested to see how that plays out but, you know, on our side, um, you know, we had Granite Games and West Coast Classic. And, you know, it was honestly a weird year with COVID. So we were really proud to be able to be present um, and, and have live events that people could attend, you know, which was unique globally. I mean, I don't remember how many live events there actually were, but it, I mean, it was like four or five or six or something like that. It wasn't all of them, right? And um, so... Um, you know, it, it was awesome. Honestly, it was just great to be back. I mean, for personally and for my team and, you know, a, we were pumped to be a part of, you know, sending people to the games and that structure um, and really interested to see how that looks, you know, in a, in a more normal year, uh, you know, and, but it was so good to be at a live event when you're, when you're an event, you know, junkie, you know, being able to kind of get back in that environment is like, it's amazing. You know, we've missed it. We didn't get to do Waterpalooza last year. So um, it was, it was awesome. And those events went really well, um, you know, and, 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 you know, how that plays out moving forward in terms of scheduling. And I'm interested to see, I think that the, the proximity to the games is really tight for some events. You know, I think we saw, you know um, I think what athletes would, say is you know some of them that went later like at our event in vegas for instance thought that they might have been at a little bit of a disadvantage from a training perspective for the games because i think traditional regionals we always were pretty much done by memorial day weekend so again you know that's where that's where my whole question with the the, the core finals comes in right because like does that make it so that, that that thing gets bumped out a little and but um Again, the, the, I think the, the best people in, in the world were at the top of the leaderboard at the game. So what do I know? You know, so, um, th there's a lot to unwrap there, because with that, 
the quarterfinals, because they didn't force the athlete to make a decision, right, good or bad, whether that is something that needs to happen or not, it stretched out that quarterfinal leg for what, four weeks, five weeks, right? And if you, if you made people make that decision up front, you could hold that all in one weekend and then compact the season a little bit where it, it does fit into kind of that old format of a season a little bit better. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, I know what, the, what, what the, I know the reasoning behind that and it, and, and I get it right. Like it, it's a, um, it's, it's smart, right? You have 400, 300,000 people doing something that only, you know, less than a thousand people get to go to do something else after it's from a, from a, you know, a long-term business perspective. And then, you know, viability perspective, you probably like, you know, look at it. I'm sure Eric comes in and, you know, even Dave and Justin, when they've been involved in in the past, maybe have fought for something like this. Cause they're like, Hey, listen, the gig might be up at some point where people like myself will be like, what am I doing? Like, I'm just beating the shit out of myself for five weeks every year. Um, the community element does bring a ton to it. And I think that helps that survive, but they had seen some attrition, you know, over the, the, the couple of years prior. So maybe the reason it was so much, you know, there was so much more attendance this year was because, you know, 10% of the people knew that they were fighting for something bigger than just that week. Right. I, I don't know. I, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a really good question. I do. I do see that the challenge moving forward, this is, that's not a complaint. I think it's like, you know, Hey, if that layer is necessary because of all those things, great. I totally get it. I think that the schedule can um, be a little intense for those that are trying to win the CrossFit games. Yeah. You I know. totally hear that perspective and totally think that it's not a necessary step for, for what you were saying, crowning the fittest. I love it though, for the community aspect of bringing right. us all together and that I can be a part of that. And Hey, CrossFit gets more money from me because I'm going to pay to do the open and the quarterfinals. So overall, yeah, I'm agreeing. I agree with what you say that for the big picture, it's helpful, but it's not really an, that extra step needed. Yeah, I think I, th I think yeah, exactly. We're we're on completely the same page there. I, I I do, you know. I think that like if we look five years out, like we want, you know, long longevity and stability for our stars. Um, you know, you know, they're you know they're going to spend some time paying attention to big earning opportunities in the off season. Like you know, who wouldn't in the top echelon of the sport go to Rogue? You know, and it's not been typically a time on the calendar that you see a lot of athletes active it immediately becomes something that they're going to figure into their calendar on an annual basis as a privilege and a huge life-changing earning opportunity. Right. So I think it just is like we factor into, you know, uh, what a 12 month calendar looks like, because I do believe, you know, you know, even though I own, you know, possibly the biggest event outside of the games that doesn't necessarily have any contribution to the CrossFit games, I do believe, you know, I'm not stupid. Like people are at the top of the sport aren't focused on winning Wadapalooza or Rogue or, you know, um, or Dubai primarily. They're, they want to win the, be the fittest on earth, right? So I know that that's always going to be the primary focus of the season. But I do think that, you know, us and, the, you know, the, 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 you know, the world championship track of the sport need to, you know, make sure that we keep in mind that, they all work really well together because if our stars are training full-time and a deeper group is training full-time, you're professionalizing the sport, more brands are coming in, there's more opportunity for exposure, that, that the ecosystem flourishes when those hands are washing each other and, and, and paying attention to each other, which I, 
we're, we're working towards, right? Like there's a, you know, a lot of great conversations going on. I mean, I think to speak to that, like Wadapalooza, for instance, like we're going to partner with CrossFit on that event this year. Um, you know, and I'm really excited about it. Like that, that is, um, you know, like Rogue was a CrossFit sanctioned event, you know, we're going to be a sanctioned event. And it speaks to that because, you know, there's a greater um, thing to be pointing towards as a group here, um, not working separate. So, you know, you know, we're, we're excited to do that. And then, you know, look forward on how those things work better together, you know, as a cohesive unit moving forward. Matt, you're, you're familiar with like the golf tour and the tennis tour and all of those things. How long is it going to be? Because CrossFit's only been around for 15 years. So it's not like fully ingrained as a professional sport at this point. But if I'm a top end athlete and I see three events that pay way better for a three month season than one seven month season overall, how long before I'm like, it just pays, it's more beneficial for me to focus on these three months than the other seven. Yeah, and it, I, it's and a, I know you're it, not trying to do that. No, as a, no, no. Organizer. We, I'm just saying things, naturally. These are things that I, I, we talk about with CrossFit. Like it's it's not a uh, us and them scenario. And I think we're, I'm speaking to that by saying we're partnering with them on on our event in Miami. Where you know, I mean, I think the outsider could be like, "Well, you don't need to." Well, of course, nobody needs to do anything. That makes a lot of sense. Like we want the open to be successful because that's the you know. The open success is the best thing for the sport. If 400,000 people are doing something that is our sport on an annual basis, which, by the way, is the largest sporting event in the history of the world. That is a fact. We need to maintain that and grow that. That stuff is all like really cool for everyone. Um, yeah, it's not. I think the challenge that we all face moving forward is, you know, not, you know, making athletes think like that. Because, you know, and, and uh, you know, nobody's, you know, sitting in a room being like, you know, let's build this three event thing outside the system so that they don't do the CrossFit games. I love the CrossFit games. I'm a part of five wins with Matt at the CrossFit games that are some of the greatest moments of my life. You know, this one right here, like the, the both of them I was there for like that. I would die if that wasn't a part of something that happened on an annual basis. I don't have anything to do with it directly from a business perspective, but I do indirectly. And I don't want that. Nobody wants, you know, so that, that anybody who sees that, and I don't think you're saying that there's no like push and pull there. Really. We're all trying to find the right way to do it. And, and I think the, the true North that I know, you know, and I, you know, when, when we talk to the organizers of rogue and Dubai is we're really just trying to, you know, help bring along the professional side of the sport and pay as deep and high as possible as we can. So, you know, more people have earning opportunities. And I think this year profoundly looks like it's a challenge now to like, wow, look at all the money that is outside of the system. Well, it's in the system. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it, it's certainly a challenge to navigate, but I think we all will put our heads together and make sure that somehow it all works together so that they're not working against each other. Um, you know, right. I don't and have even, the answer to that, but, but that there's yeah. no intent there, you know, on, on, on the other side. Well, and clearly it's all tied together. I mean, the people that got invited to rogue had to place a certain, you know, they had to be at the CrossFit games and do certain right. things. You're not going to get these unknown people that are just not coming up through the open or uh, semifinals and then just showing up for rogue and winning. Cause they're not going to get invited. <laughs> you have to, you kind of have to go to the games and do well before you even get there. 
Yeah, and I, and I think I mean, come on, like nobody supports the system more than Bill and Kenny Henniger and, and Rogue. So yeah. it's you know, you can't have one without the other. Really, it's just a genuine. They put out this insane prize purse, you know, and I think a lot of people that have, you know, are once, twice and three times removed are like, wow, that's the next games or look at what they're, they're trying to change. They're not, they're trying to be rogue and build right. an awesome opportunity for, um, you know, CrossFit athletes to make more money. Like they don't have to do what they're doing. They're progressing. They're challenging guys like me, like, Hey, your prize purse needs to come up, dude. Like, look what we're doing. I, I love it. And, and then, um, you know, other brands, you know, to, to help facilitate that because they're some of the smartest people you'll ever meet in your life. And they, they know it's there. Like they're not, you know, um, you know, because the worst thing that any of us could do is build this thing on stilts where it's like, you know, forward investments, always important in anything you believe in, or, you know, you know, any sort of, you know, planning you do. But, you know, you know, over investments risky for the space. Like, if you know, if we were giving a prize purse that wasn't sustainable and it killed us, well, what does that do for the space if Wadapalooza doesn't exist or Rogue doesn't exist? So those things are, um, you know, done right by certainly organizations like Rogue to support and, and facilitate and, and help progress, you know, the sport in a big way. Um you know, it's coming and it's going really well. And I think like, you know, they set the mark this year and, and everybody's kind of following along in, in, in the right way. So I, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, if I, you know, if I was a CrossFit athlete today, I'd be really excited about what's going on. Um, there's so, you know, this, the, the secondary side of that is like all these platforms now that because they, the magnitude of, you know, the opportunity is creating great environments with, you know, great athletes, you know, that are challenging for those prizes, they're creating cool media platforms that gets their brand out more. And there's more, more eyeballs on those events and more brands wanting to get involved and sponsor the athletes. Things are going really well because of that. So um, it all kind of works together. Yeah, and I guess if you look at golf, I mean, the PGA Championship is still a major. Um, and then you still have the Masters, the British Open, and the U.S. Open. It's a great um, example. Yeah, so, that, that, I'm, I'm a huge golf fan. You know, it, it, it's um, some of my friends that will watch this will laugh. I mean, it's it's probably why I train. You know, I, I play a lot of golf competitively, and, um, and I, you know, I've, you know, been a huge fan my whole life but to do some work with golf on the side as well nobles got into golf um which i'm super proud of um and there's a huge training component to golf but when you look at like when all the shit hit the fan a couple of years ago one of the first things that kind of come to mind is like as you look at how do we you know find stability and structure i look i'm just a sports fan in general is like where are there analogies out there to, to sports that struggled and you know the tour and, and CrossFit are very similar, um, you know, and, and, you know, we're at a point where, you know, the players had a very, you know, big point with Jack Nicholas, um, Gary player and Arnold Palmer basically were like, we're doing our own thing. That's how the PGA tour got established um, because it was run by, it was a private organization before. Um, but, you know, th there's so many analogies and tennis is very similar and, you know, the ebbs and flows they went through and the progression, you know, we're still, we're still kind of tracking that. I think we just need to really, you know, we have a huge opportunity to not make mistakes that other, other sports have throughout history um, and used, you know, 
some of the, I mean, man, a lot of the tour today is still changing on a, on a, on a yearly basis. You know, they're, st- they're constantly tweaking their system to make it better and more attractive to watch. So, um, you know, you couldn't be more on point to, to, to reference golf and, and CrossFit. Those two people don't know that are listening. If you study golf um, or, you, you know, and you don't know golf and you look at it, it is so similar. Individual sport, touring sport, you know, multiple opportunities, rogue and masters. Like there's, there's like analogies all over the place. There's like, you know, you know, bigger platforms. Um, the only thing golf doesn't really have that we have is like this sort of like world championship, the one moment, you know, but you could, you could argue that some tournaments are bigger than others, but they don't point towards one moment where it's like, well, they do actually, I, I'm wrong. The tour championship, right. but that's not like the world championship, like CrossFit games is, you know, but yeah. Two, I would love to see a skins CrossFit challenge. It's right? a good idea. I like that. That's a good Games idea. Are so much fun to watch. I don't have the attention span for 18 holes, but like that would be a fun, a fun little thing to get into. They just could... did a 12 hole match with Bryson DeChambeau and, oh, and, okay. and Brooks Kepka last week. You know, I, I hope so. Marcus Wilson uh, is the founder of, of Noble. We play a bit of golf together and he swears that the perfect length for a golf round is 12 holes. He's like, after that, I'm done, man. Like twelve <laughs> holes is the perfect length, so you're on to something. Funny. Yeah, I completely. My, agree my with grandfather that. was a huge golf fan when little, and I can remember going to his house and watching golf and the skins when that was on. That was like the only thing that I could like pay attention to and understand. So <laughs> I love that. I used to watch that as a kid. You know, Freddie yeah. Couples was always a part of it. Yeah, I'm a big golf geek. Don't get into that tunnel. I'll. <laughs> talk about that right. for four straight the, hours the only thing i do that the other reference to golf that i use as a coach is when we're practicing olympic lifting with my athletes and we're doing things and we talk about muscle memory i always at least for the men and i should probably do it for the women too i say have you ever gone to the driving range and hit a bucket of balls and they're like oh yeah you know i do that all the time i said this is your bucket of balls when we go through drills and you know high pulls and things like that i say this is this is your bucket of balls it's the only other golf oh, reference i use i like, I like it <laughs> I like yeah. that. I'm still trying to get Matt Fraser to take up golf. That was that was that was like the one my one retirement goal for him was to get a, <laughs> get a set of clubs. We took him to Top Golf in Vegas when we were at a, a West Coast Classic, yeah. and he we had a golf coach there. Is a friend of mine from Dubai, Alex Riggs. He's a he he's a he's a CrossFitter. Him and Matt have become friends through social. Like Matt helps him with his lifts and. He coaches about like Steph Curry, and he's really good friends with a bunch of tour players. Super cool dude, and um. But he he was in town. He was coaching Steph Curry. He was in town for a few weeks, and he was like, "Hey, I'll come over to the event." And I'm like, "Cool, I'll book Top Golf, and you're going to teach Matt how to golf." And Matt just like it's not a fast enough sport, I think, an engaged enough sport for him. But the driving ranges, and he's hitting balls, and he's struggling. And Alex gives him a couple tips, and he hits this like perfect little high draw. And he was he All turned right. around and looked to me. I think we have it on video, and he was like, "I get it. This is amazing." <laughs> And so I was like, all right, well, we're going to play some more and we haven't played since. So I want to talk about another aspect of this is I think that the key component with you, the event organizers are you're smaller. So you can make innovative changes and do things much quicker than CrossFit, the big entity. Right. And so you can kind of set the example of what works and what doesn't work. And you've done that with sponsorships, um, especially this year at Wadapalooza bringing in people from outside the, the normal space uh, to sponsor Wadapalooza. So can you talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah, I you know, I think that you know the the evolution, you know, our space has done a really good job of creating you know a viable platform that brands are attracted to. You know, we you know, and I don't know how long you guys have paid attention to the sport, but you know, I remember back in 2013 and 14. You know, really, when I started on the marketing side, you know, I was working with Matt. I had my own brand in the space, which at the time we were just this easy platform for, you know, that all entrepreneurial spirit. You know, you could launch a T-shirt company and have a little success. And it was fun and exciting. The, the community was just so attracted to authentic things that were going on around it. Um, I need to stop you real quick there because I've talked to so many people that are so bummed that Redline is no longer there. They were like, those were the best shorts ever. I got the, uh, I got, I got a little red line relic here. We were, oh, I love it. <laughs> I have, my day. husband has a t-shirt. He still wears it. I got yeah. it at one of the regionals, one of the East regionals back in probably 2015. That's so funny. The, 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 particularly the last two months, I've gotten a ton of that. Um, I don't know if like historical footage of Matt has been like rolling around and people have been seeing it. It's, you know, I've been, I've traveled a bit again, so maybe that's it. But like the, um, I've even had some people saying like, now's, you know, now's a good time to revive that. And, and, um, but that, that was a beautiful part of my life. Honestly, I, I mean, that gave me my start, um, that that business is cuckoo. I'll tell you that. So, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm all set. Yeah. The, but the, that, that time, you know, the kill cliff, you know, grew like people don't realize what grew in our space. You know, I do. I, I talk to a, to a lot of people about this because, again, and this speaks to the real question is, you know, when I hear, you know, from or I go speak to a non endemic brand. So, you know, for the for the listeners, a brand that would never really tell a fitness or training story would be a non endemic brand, certainly a CrossFit story. And you can list many of them, you know, at the, you know, McDonald's and, you know, um, whatever you would know what a non an endemic brand would be, you know, rogue or, you know, Reebok or noble, whatever, those are your endemics. Right. But when I talk to a non endemic brand, I, you know, I try to set that sort of baseline for them is like, you know, rogue was started in a CrossFit gym. It's the largest equipment manufacturer in the world. They buy more steel in the United States than anybody. They're worth billions of dollars, I'm sure, you know, nobody knows, but like they, they're, uh, and they've earned every penny of it. They are amazing. It's a, it's a true uh, Marvel, um, you know, American manufacturing Marvel out of a CrossFit gym, you know, RX bar out of a CrossFit gym sold for $650 million, you know, just two kids, you know, making bars in their mom's oven, you know, they, there's noble, insane yeah. out of CrossFit, New England, you know, there's so many of those stories um and you know you know i get to like it's, it's it's so fun i get to tell that story so often but that group and you know this space and community has built this you know awesome platform that's incredibly attractive for people to tell stories around and it's a really in, incredible consumer market and and all those brands have proven the worth for you know those conversations to be have to be to be had and they're they're easy at this point because you know a lot of times those non-endemic brands that you'll see, like Yingling's a perfect example. Yingling is now for the first time going to do something at an event at Wadapalooza. You know, a lot of times it comes from, it's like Fight Club. There's like somebody inside that is a part of it that's, you know, talked so long and hard about it that finally somebody broke and said, I'm go do it, you know? And then 
then we, you know, we get it. That's a winning formula because if we just get someone to show up and experience what we do, um, our community turns up, shows up and shows a love and, and it proves, you know, a really good, you know, worthy space for them to be in. So that those conversations are super exciting and they're not hard. And I think that the, the last piece of that is, you know, what, what's emerged certainly through COVID too, is training. Like, you know, we, we're, we're very specific CrossFit, but training and fitness and health and wellness is, is now emerged as this, the most important, I think, sports storyline in the world. And, and I've watched brands, you know, Noble is a training brand, right. And, you know, they're emerging into golf, you know, tennis, other sports, you know, they'll be in every sport, I'm sure at some point, but true to their brand will be, you know, they really want to tell training stories in football. They have Mac Jones, you know, he's a noble athlete, the quarterback of the Patriots. And they, you know, they're not as worried about him throwing touchdown passes as they are wanting to tell the story that how hard he works to get to that point, you know, that storyline we're best at. I know as an agency, and as a space, we're the sort of tip of the iceberg on that is, you know, um, we're the pinnacle of training and what we've, you know, what we've done telling stories around training is probably the most relatable sport product out there because here, like golf, you've talked about take basketball or football. I watch them all. Um, some things I can relate to some, I can't, you know, I played college football, so I can relate a little to it, but you know, you can't relate to the speed and intensity and skill that goes on in that sport. It's, you know, super aspirational, but it's less inspirational. Like it's not getting me into the gym, you know, because I want to be like, you know, Tom Brady or, you know, whomever it is, or LeBron James or Tiger Woods, you know, you can't even fathom what they do, but when they train, you can really wrap yourself around that. So how LeBron trains and how, tiger trains and how tom brady trains and you're seeing it i think you know if you think about it right now you're seeing a lot of marketing done around those athletes too and just how they train because it's most relatable like more people um on scale can watch tom brady work out and be like that's something i can do and then be more attracted to whatever he's doing it around and that's why you're seeing some of the strangest brands telling training stories because it's the most relatable sports story in the world. And that's where we are, right? So like people have, you know, experienced that. And then when you're dealing with these large companies outside the space that have started to tell training story, you've seen North Face and Walmart and, you know, you, you would be uh, blow your mind who's telling training stories. And they then say, well, that works here on this scale, you know, outside of it. Why don't we get involved in the really focused you know, training as a sports space. So it's a really, it's become an easier and easier conversation. And then again, I mentioned the other thing, which is like a lot of times uh, internal at these businesses, there's believers, you know, and there was a couple CrossFitters at Yingling as a girl up in Boston. Um, and, you know, one of the owners, it's the oldest brewery in America. One of the old owners, sixth or seventh generation owners is a fitness freak and wants to be more health and wellness focused. And then a couple of CrossFitters internal, well, if we're going to do that, we should market through the sport of fitness. Um, so, I mean, that's, I, I don't know if I'm even directly answering it, but that's really like the circle of life for us and kind of why things have gotten really crazy around a lot of brands. Like you see Ram coming in and, you know, they first come to Wadapalooza, right? They're now a big sponsor of the CrossFit season. 
um, because, you know, they want to tell that training story. It's so um, relatable, engageable from their audience and authentic. Um, you know, they work with Matt for a long time. Like that stuff is um, more and more prevalent and easier and easier. It, it, it's to the point now where we're, we're having to be more selective, which is really where things get fun. Um, but you know, there's, you know, multiples in categories now fighting for space, um, that are coming in from the outside. You know, you see some monster came in this year and, and the CBD world's crazy. CBD MDs in beams, such a big player in our space. They born in our space. Right. Um, but yeah, that non-endemic stuff is where as an outsider and a fan, you should get really excited when you see brands like monster, um, come in and you, you know, I know that's been a weird one for our space, but it's not for me because, honestly step aside from everything else that is a that is one of the most iconic sports brands in the history of sport there's no debating that and i know from a product perspective people get all wrapped up in well coke's attached to it well people don't even realize why coke's attached to that coke's attached to that because they're a distributor and in order to get the distribution through coke early on they had to give them a piece of the business coke has nothing to do with formulation of of monster zero like they, they're not even involved in the business there are other products in our space that people are like thumbs up on that have the same makeup of, of a monster ultra light that is a, you know, more geared product towards our space. Everybody just gets these, you know, Greg Glassman gets pissed off because we're talking to a company that's attached to Coke and he wants to fight sugar. Well, that's great. Good for him. But that isn't the story. You know, that brand coming in our space when, is badass. And, and, you know, yeah, I'm a healthy guy. I work out all the time. Like I don't drink Coca-Cola, you know, um, I don't want my kids drinking that, but, uh, monster is like Red Bull. Those are iconic sports brands. When you see that coming in our space, like game, like we're in really good shape. So the next step I want to take this to, to making a professional sport. And I know you follow all the sports and whether, no matter what you believe about this philosophically, when do you see gambling coming into CrossFit and does the next location of the CrossFit games need to be in a state where there is legalized gambling? Wow. I didn't think we'd go there. That's a, that's a new one for me. Um, good question. I, you know, it's funny. I've had some, we've been approached a little bit on some stuff like that pertaining to Wadapalooza and, you know, I haven't, I, th I feel like I've always had like a really good feel for when, the time is right. You know, NFTs are kind of buzzing around and like, I'm feeling that out, but you know, I think that gambling in CrossFit, um, I don't know, honestly, I, I do, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't That's a, that's a really, there's, by the way, let's back up. There's been gambling on CrossFit for five years. You know, you've been able to bet on, you know, who's going to win the games through offshores for, for a while. And it's never been something that has really taken off. Do I think that there could be some stuff and this would be gaming, by the way, fantasy related, that could be like very attractive and, and have some legs. Yes. Um, you know, because I think fantasy people don't even realize that fantasy sports is just another layer of gambling anyway. Right. Like just a, it's an, it's an easy way to say it's not gambling, but it is. Um, so I do like the fan duels of the world have made that famous. Like, I think that that's, that's stuff that I could see being more viable in our space is, you know, um, 
these pools that people pick, you know, what the top 20 of a leaderboard looks like. And, you know, whoever's the most successful top to bottom could win a couple hundred grand because, you know, 10,000 people put in a certain amount of money. I don't know if um, straight gaming um, work will, will, I mean, it works isn't the right way, but would take off in our space. I, I, I actually, you know, and I worry about it too, to be honest with you, because I just think it brings a whole new layer of concern to, you know, what could be going on behind the scenes, honestly. You know, I know, I know this firsthand. I mean, I, I've just seen how gambling can be really, um, really pollute things. You know, I was at Boston College when there was a gambling, gambling scandal with football. I, you know, I was a part of the program. Um, so, you know, we had players betting against us um, and throwing games and crazy shit. Like th that stuff what would, you know, worry me. Um, and it's why I think that, that a lot of major market sports in the U S have been so protective, you know, and I know that's being loosened and loosened and loosened of that stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of gambling, honestly. So, um, you know, and I think fantasy stuff I, I love, I think that could be really fun and cool, low barrier of entry, bigger groups participating. Um, but I, I do fear the, the, like, you know, 10 to one odds and you know who's going to win and not like that stuff to me could is is marginally concerning honestly so i'm not a big fan of gambling either i know what it does for like the nfl um making it the largest sport in the united states by far i i look at it as a way like like when Matt and Sammy are sitting watching the games and i'm just taking this from his video right and they're betting on who's going to win the tiebreaker right just fun bet. But if that was possible on an app, like how many people would dive fun. into that? Right. Or that, he, that stuff, that stuff could be really fun, which is, you know, th those like, you know, micro real time moments. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Real time. Yeah. Stuff. The, the live Couldn't stuff. Agree more. That stuff could be really cool. Um, it, it's kind of like, honestly, like it's undeniable. It's coming. Right. It's stuff that, you know, uh, is becoming more and more prevalent. Um, you know, I, I could do like on a personal level, I could do without like with or without, like, it doesn't really change. Like, I don't, I don't love it. I do have like, I've seen it. Maybe I've just been, you know, put my hand, you know, put my hand on the stove and got burnt. Like I was on, you know, in a situation and saw how it worked very poorly for a sport and, and a team. Um, but I don't, um, I don't know. It's interesting. I just like, I don't what what I don't see is our crowd being a very, that's where like, you know, being a user, you know, it is interesting. Our sport, our sport consumer plays the sport. Like it's a little like golf, like football fans don't necessarily play the sport, right? Like there's a very different fan base, but I don't see our fan base as a gambling fan base. I mean, we just did an event in Vegas. Like, I don't think that, you know, I think, you know, today that was less, you know, it was attractive. It's cool. I think we all, you know, there's certainly a group that's like Vegas is great. I want to go and party and, and have fun, but I don't, especially like we had a lot of people there. I didn't, it wasn't this like, you know, group, big groups on Sunday night after we were all done running out and playing blackjack and craps and stuff like that. It was, you know, it was, you know, people wanting to go to a party for an after party for a pool. I don't think it's a gambling crowd. You know, yeah. that's the other side of it. You know, you know, who does gambling great is golf in Europe, you know, in England, particularly with the British open, they've somehow figured that whole thing out where it isn't like, 
you know, I think everything in the United States is like, you know, we put things out that can get super addicting and it tracks towards like ending up in some sort of program. Like, and I can say that because I'm a recovering alcoholic. It's like gamblers anonymous is, you know, it's like, I feel like we're like always developing things that bring you towards something that needs you to, you know, get counseling on to recover in England. They don't have the problem. You know, it's like, it's the, the golf gambling is just this casual pastime of, you know, pick, you know, players, parents, they talk about it with the British Open, like Rory's parents won a hundred thousand dollars the day that he won the, the British Open because they bet on him and it's like accepted here. We would be like, you know, wait, you bet on your kid to win the U S open. Like that, that, that doesn't like, it's almost, it's weird, but yeah. I don't think, I don't know that. I don't know. I don't know uh, if our crowd would be super into that, but maybe what you just talked about, you know, like that specific stuff. Yeah. I would say the four people on this, call we watch every second of the games anyway right we're, we're not we don't need that to bring us in but right. there's that uh, that other gra- crowd that you could up viewership because mm-hmm. it becomes a game for them um and again i'm not a gambler i just i look at it from a sports fan and what i've seen over the years and how that does bring people to but we can definitely move on to another subject i want to go back and talk about last year's semifinals. You mentioned COVID being a tough thing and, and it was good to get back out on the floor, but you also had two semifinals that were changing locations and battled extreme heat at both of them. And they were two weeks apart. We talked to Kristen just a couple of weeks ago. She said that was bananas. Has she recovered yet? <laughs> just about. I think so. Yeah. It- yeah, you know it's you know it was one of the funniest pieces of that was we were going to do now uh you know walk back to covid pre covid we had just executed waza we were all boarding flights the next day so the 12th of march the world ended the 13th and 14th my entire team was flying to california to execute west coast classic we were going to do five events that year in like a five month stretch um and and i think we all after doing the two semifinals said well you know we were kind of you know we would have done it because we're, we're just a you know a crowd of you know making things happen no matter what um how we would have looked after those five events would have been interesting i just don't like i think i know how to structure it today for more volume i, I think at the time we all were like whatever, like Wadapalooza is the biggest event in the world. And, and this stuff, you know, is all fractional to it. But what what is the same at a West Coast Classic and Granite Games? They're, they're very similar in nature to Wadapalooza, honestly. You know, we're not doing 1,000, 1,100 volunteers and 2,500 athletes, but it doesn't change a whole lot for a, particularly like a person like Kristen, right? The media volume is the same um in a lot of ways um you know yeah less people to manage but like we're still pushing out a lot of the same things at every event you know uh preparations very similar so yeah i mean it, it was i'm so proud of what we did in our team um it, it's it, it's a that's all that's all that's a lot events are crazy so it's just you know uh i'm more we are and i am certainly as a as a manager and leader more prepared for that moving forward for sure so let's hear what's coming up. Let's talk about Wadapalooza. Oh, I'm, this is exciting. I'm so pumped. I just spent, I just got back last night super late. I was in Miami for a few days with the team. 
you know, doing some last site visits with some brands and some of our vendors. Um, it is going to be so cool. I'm really like, you know, I probably say this every year and people just think like, Oh, Keith's selling us on Waterpalooza again. And I, um, I just, you know, like we, one of the things I think we're best at is just evolving, um, you know, you know, you know, creating a better experience than the year prior. And we've done it again and I know it. And um, we've also didn't get to do it the year prior. Right. So we're just all excited to be really back in what is our favorite environment. And, you know, um, it's just, you know, I know who's coming on the floor and off, you know, and I know, you know, what we've at, you know, put together from a sponsorship perspective and the brands that will exhibit. And, you know, I know the changes that we've made and, and I'm just really excited for people to see all of it and experience it. Um, the show is going to be amazing. And I know a lot of people come there for a lot of different reasons. Um, any reason that you come has been improved. I know that, you know, whether it's, you know, more seating as a spectator, cause you want to watch, um, you know, as an athlete on the floor, how we, you know, handle, you know, scheduling or, you know, the, the spacing of lanes, like, like all this micro improvement has happened and we've had a lot of time to do it. Um, and I'm just pumped for people to see it. Uh, we've, we've, we've actually made some drastic changes, which I think people will be surprised to see. Like we've, we've, we've reconfigured the property quite a bit, um, you know, out of necessity and, and, um, also for way better experience, you know, I don't know, I don't know if you guys remember the deck, the deck has been eliminated. Um, that was an awesome experiment. Honestly, I, I really loved it in theory. It just, you know, wasn't as functional as we wanted it to be. And um, so we've moved um, our flagler stage down and eliminated where the quad was for all the partners. And we pushed flagler up against the fountain and we've created a second flagler stage uh, where the entrance was and we've moved the entrance. So there's two stages that are going to run along that. And the, the gauntlet, and I'll talk a little bit about that, it, that deck stage is now just the gauntlet stage. There's no other competition going on on that. Um, is where, is at primarily in the space that the, the, the old entrance was. It's a 15 lane floor that's, you know, up in the front there. And we've actually expanded the flagler stage to 30 lanes. Um, and you know, it's helped us put more seating in, um, you know, we've added a lot more seating, you know, we've added very specific, better VIP areas for those that spend a lot more money on VIP tickets, expanded seating at both Bayside and Flagler in a great way. Um, that, that was one of the big pain points is people being able to get in the seats to see the elites. So, and then the partner quad moved over where the food court was behind the Tina Hills stage. Um, you know, people will enter around Tina Hills and kind of walk through the quad into the fountain. It's going to be so cool. So, um, and we've got so many cool people coming, um, on and off the floor, you know, uh, um, the, the one, the one, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Are you, were you going to tell us who they were? Yeah. Just so like, oh, please the, do. The, the, yes. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Matt, <laughs> I mean, Matt's always there. Cause he's, you know, so he's he's our he's our new volunteer you know he likes to build rigs and all that stuff but like they, you know justin Medeiros isn't competing like it, this is i think it's most important on that side like you're going to see us announce all these great athletes that are going to compete for our biggest prize purse in history top prize is 100 grand you know giving away a half a million dollars this year they but you know um there's so many cool athletes on the floor the team division you know rich is coming uh the smith brothers 
Um, there's other teams being put together. Like the, the team division is getting wacky. Um, but, you know, Matt's coming off the floor, Justin Medeiros, Mal O'Brien, Amanda Barnard, Katrin David's daughter, Andy Thor's daughter. There, you know, Brooke Wells, Sydney, her sister. Like there's all these people coming to just hang out. It's, it's sort of become this like NBA all-star game weekend where if players don't make the team, they just come and hang out. Who doesn't activate. want to go to South Beach in January? I'm yeah, just well, I mean, that, that's the <laughs> other thing. But Matt is uh, HWPO training is involved in the event this year, which is really proud, proudful and, and, and exciting for me, obviously, because, you know, he, he being my guy, he is uh, HWPO training and, and in here programming the gauntlet. Uh, and that'll be this is this isn't announced. So that'll be announced today or tomorrow. Um, so, you know, that's going to be super exciting. It's his first kind of, you know, dive into competition programming. Um, Is it going to be, be a 40 minute EMOM? No, no, it's an hour. Well, so the gauntlet's an hour long. I'm so workout, good at so those. It fits perfect. It fits perfect into his whole, you know, but it's like multiple workouts over an hour that you keep like shifting on the stage. So, um, yeah. but, but he's for those of you that don't know hard work pays off Matt's programming they're famous for their 40 minute imams on Saturdays. So that's why I said that. Cause they're so enjoyable. They are. And, and <laughs> Matt was famous for his 40 minute imams far prior to the existence I'm of sure. HWPO. That used to be what I would suffer through on a Saturday. If I was visiting Matt was, you know, getting pulled into some disgusting 40 minute imam in his garage. The, um, but that'll be cool. You know, what we're trying to do too is people will be excited about this is pull together like a little bit of a, you know, CrossFit legends division of people that will do the gauntlet, like Justin Medeiros mentioned, maybe wanting to do it, you know, Julie Fouché is coming, Carrie Pierce is coming, and they've both said they want to do it. So I'll check in with all of them, you know, to make sure they know what they're getting themselves into, or maybe we'll pair them up in teams. But I think we're going to try to have a group of people on uh, before the final on Sunday morning, do it in a heat, uh, just for fun for people to be able to see some of those guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be amazing. So I hope, I hope, I hope you guys are excited. Yeah. And, and for those people that can't make it, you guys have removed the paywall for the broadcast, which is another oh, Kristen, huge... Kristen will kill me, but the most important piece. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't mention. let, I wasn't going to let you slip on that one. Yeah. Um, That's a big deal. It is, uh, you know, it's funny. We worked a lot on that this last week, um, you know, the last few days down in Miami. Th that is going to be amazing. You know, we have uh, Charlie Doobie and his team who does the games and Rogue, Best, um, yeah. you know, you're running our broadcast, you know, and all the familiar faces um, that, you know, Pat Sherwood's coming um, to be on the desk and, and um, you know, commentators like Chase and, and um, Sean Woodland and, you know, Tommy Marquez and, you know, Bill Grundler, like those, you know, all, the, all those faces are coming to contribute and, you know, we'll probably uniquely run um, a little bit of a crazy desk where we're running a ton of people through like brand founders and athletes like Matt and Katrin and Annie, like all those people that are there. Julie's running some amazing stuff with CrossFit, you know, health and the, the new performance care system. We're going to let her speak a little bit about that. Like we're going to, you know, give the people watching um, a ton of information and access to what the festival's like, if you can't be there like that, that the one thing I told Charlie that I thought was most important with this is like, if we're going to bring this to life and spend a ton of money to broadcast this, I don't, I want it to be what Wadapalooza is on site. Like I want people to understand what this is because it is 
a competition, but there's so much more to it. And those of you that have been to it know, like it, it's not, you know, you can, and it, you know, there can be the best athletes in the world on Flagler and there's still thousands of people walking around shopping. Like it's not everything to everybody at that event. And I want to bring the festival to life and it's free this year, um, be streamed on our platforms and, you know, um, you know, our partners are the ones to thank for that because everybody in order to do that, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars to invest, to, to be able to produce, especially on four stages. There's a lot of moving pieces and, you know, our partners stepped up in a big way. Um, you know, specifically whoop is, you know, focused on the broadcast and came in just to support that noble, obviously as our presenting partner stepped up in a big way to help with that. And everybody really contributed to that. So the, the, the you know, we wouldn't be doing that or able to do that without those guys. Um, and so they really deserve all the credit. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. You, you say that with the credit though, but you've deserved the support. You know, you've, you've worked really hard to create this world-class event and have such a great reputation where, Volunteers want to come to your event. They want to work there. You know, you need all those people to do it and you give, you're very good about giving them credit, but you built something that you should be proud of that people want to support and want to help, which is really cool. Well, Kat, thank you very much. That's really nice. And that's humbling to hear But it's, you know, I mean, you've been, you, you contribute, like you guys are a part of that. Like, you know, that um, it's easy, it, you know, I, I know we do as a, especially my smaller team that works annually on, on something like this, that we're good at what we do and we work really hard for what comes to life there. But anybody that could sit in a seat that I sit in and, and, you know, wave their hand and like take a lot of credit for that is, is out of their mind because there's 1100 people that contribute to that, you know, and, yeah. and uh, you know, there's millions of dollars that go through producing an event like that. And that doesn't happen without noble and, you know, whoop and wit and I, I don't want to miss any of them tear and they're all our partners yingling and cbdmd and, and it just goes down and down and it goes on and on and on and on and yeah i agree like i think we've done really well with them and by them and you know that's you know how partnership works but they all that you know volunteers like you know you guys coming and contributing and building content and providing a great experience for people but brands stepping up they always forward invest in us and i'm so proud of that and thank you for saying that but it's just that there isn't a bigger collective effort that i know of in the world than that event because i'm telling you right now it's like i tried to control that event and really run it the first year i was there and i ended up in the hospital for 10 days so i promise you it's not me <laughs> well you say that matt but you know, you, you're putting your finger on even the other semifinals, right? Granite and, and West Coast. I've, I've been a volunteer since 2014 in this space. I know Kat and Amy have volunteered and been at different events. Everything is being stepped up a notch. Everybody is pushing the envelope. That Minnesota Vikings practice facility, phenomenal. Like, and it just, it kind of sucks that COVID kind of didn't allow it to have the big crowd. Um, and West Coast, my God, that arena was awesome. It was a cool one. Do you guys remember that arena? Like, were you, you were around the grid? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the, that arena was um, – the, re the real backstory is we were totally screwed because California was a hot mess and our venue was going to only allow – we were kind of like in a pecking order with other events that they were going to 
figure out who they're going to let operate in the like the California State Fair, which I'm sure it takes way more priority over our event, ended up in the Del Mar Arena and the whole property. It's like a big month long event. But we got we were like, you know, running around trying to figure out. And I was like, it's time for Vegas. Like we've been talking about it for years. There's venues everywhere. Yeah. And that immediately came to mind. Like I went there and we looked at like 30 venues, but I knew before I even got on the flight where we were going to do it because I had been to the combine for the grid there. And that arena is amazing. It's and it's, it's like clean up to date. So that place, I think you'll see more stuff go on there. I don't know where we'll end up with that event this year. I mean, I would be really sad to not be in California considering it's roots with CrossFit. Um, but it's hard to deny an arena like that. We do want to give more access to those events too. So it's hard to do a mass participation event in June in Vegas because we'd have to be outside. But that Minnesota Vikings facility, um, there's no, I mean, we were probably their first outside event. I think we were officially their first outside event. We we're the first people to stay in that hotel, um, which was gorgeous. And they, they um, we just got off. We just talked to them last week. Like they're, the players that came and watched the the GM was there, the coach, like those guys are begging us to come back. That facility is insane and they're going to build around it too. So they're, they're putting a curling arena in. Um, I'm excited to see what plays out there over time. Um, I think we can do a lot with that. I, I mean, that'd be a great venue for, you know, the CrossFit games. I mean, it's like, it's that yeah. event, that venue is badass. I'm glad you're yeah. saying that. That's like, I'm excited for to be Minnesota was like a little tight on COVID at that point, understandably. So I think a lot of people get scared away. Um, that, that that's a cool place to experience an event. What was really cool is the you know from a media perspective, the press box, state of the art, everything, Wi-Fi yeah. as fast as I've ever seen, which we don't get normally. Um, it just was freaking awesome. It was, it was cool that, you know, we, again, we looked at that place for a couple of years. Um, that was a casualty mm -hmm. of COVID as well. We were supposed to run that event there, the sanctioned side. So mm -hmm. yeah, but we're, we're definitely going back there uh, for sure. Um, we'll see where we end up with West Coast Classic, but you know, that, um, that event, um, I'm excited to see what we can do with that venue, you know, maybe build a stadium over in the dirt lot next to the hotel and, make people run around a little bit on the property. It'll be fun. Well, I want to go back to Waza just a little bit with the gauntlet. Um, you recently destroyed Mars and Heber in Asabath. <laughs> Are you uh, going to defend your title in the gauntlet? Dude, that's one area I think that Marston, if he was smart and wanted to, to, to talk a lot of dung, that would be the place for him to do it you know, with all kinds of different gymnastics in it. Um, I did it with them last year, which was total crime scene. It was like <laughs> 95 degrees and we were, we hadn't slept in like four days. Um, I will do it again with them this year. So everybody can watch me take a beating. Um, but I don't think I'm going to, I'm a realist, you know, <laughs> I don't And fitness is not like football where you can be like, I'm a gamer and I'll get it done. Like if your lungs aren't big enough and your, your muscles aren't big enough, you're just not going to make it happen. So I, um, I don't know. I'm going to be with Mar I'm going to be with Marston Heber, Matt and Justin this weekend, uh, not this weekend, next weekend in uh, Salt Lake city. We're doing a, 
a fundraiser for um, Operation Underground Railroad, where you are CrossFit. Um, so every people got to like buy tickets to be one of our partners in a in a hero one. So Marston and I are facing off with a partner in a hero one that is like programmed perfectly for me. So he's going down in Salt Lake. So he'll have two losses under his belt, and then I think he's going to get the W in in Miami. Well, you you have always said you're the king of the machines, and you definitely <laughs> proved it with with Asabeth. You also did you also did the Ruck Run right in Vegas. It did. That was and that actually served a purpose. Funny enough, it's something that I'm like I'd I'd be relatively competitive in, um, you know, because again I, I I'm you know, I'm decently fit, certainly with machines and I can run in a, in a bigger guy. So I can move some things while running, uh, you know, decently, it still hurts, but Todd actually one of the original, uh, you know, employee number one at Noble, he's the CMO at Noble, uh, who's just as good as at all that stuff as I am. And I were like, Hey, we'll do it. Dylan, Dylan was like, I need help, you know, testing the heat in the course. I'm like, we'll do it. Well, Tommy, I gathered a big crowd. I don't remember who everybody was, but Tommy jumped in and, and, um, and, uh, we did it. And, um, yeah, it was, I'm, I'm really glad we did it to test it by the way, like the result of the day, which was the same exact heat. I think what we didn't anticipate is the intensity at which the weekend, the stress and all that stuff brings to an athlete and how that aggregates over, you know, days and, that would contribute to, cause I, it, the heat didn't bother me and the heat can bother me quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I think my time would have finished like 15th at, in the, in the men's heat. So the, um, but again, I wasn't doing the stuff that they did the yeah. day before I was fresh and, you know, there's a lot less pressure on me, but the heat really, I mean, I was like very dry, but it didn't really bother me, but that was, I love that. Like, I, I mean, I enjoyed that. I was like, I, I'm like, so busy doing so many things like to, to get a chance to like what I would say contribute on some things like that is fun every once in a while. I mean, I was an athlete my whole life and to be able to like, you know, do something that helped Dylan bring a better, you know, experience to the athletes on the floor was really cool. Although we didn't, <laughs> they all hated it because it was so hot, but Todd, Todd beat me. That was the, ma I had a massive race with Tommy to the finish. Um, Tommy Marquez and I were like, passing each other a bunch and and then uh, it's, it's a 5k i don't remember how much weight we had on our back but we basically i tried to sneak up on him on the last turn and everybody as i was running sprinting up the last leg tipped him off and i had him i had him i lost by a second it was talked about a lot in the <laughs> media room i'll just say that oh that's great well matt you know, we, we're coming up on an hour here and as always, I could, I could talk to you for another one, but we want to respect your time. And, uh, I know you're a busy man going into Wadapalooza and can't wait to see you down there in Miami. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. It's great to see you guys and, and let's sit down when I'm there. I, I, I'd love to catch up with you guys in Miami, ask you guys some questions, see how much fun you're having and see what you think of what we put together there. I'm excited for everybody to see it. Make sure people come honestly, like that's, um, it's going to be a show and, and we'll find a place for you to sit. I promise. We built more seats. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, guys. It's great to see Thanks, you. Matt. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. 
Remember, you can find us now on YouTube, as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use, and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.